Welcome to Power, Purpose, and Pleasure Podcast. We're your hosts, Amanda and Malia, and we are sharing a conversation with one of our past business mentors turned artist, Ella Cook, about how she closed down her multi-six-figure business to pursue love and her lifelong dream of making art. So before we tell you more about what's to come on today's episode, we want to invite you to our upcoming Sisters That Stray retreat over the weekend of October 6th through 9th in the cozy mountains of Sedalia, Colorado. We were just in Colorado for our three-day Centrally Alive experience, which was amazing. It was so good to be back out in Denver with our community there and to spend three days really immersed in this experience. So while we were there, uh, we took the opportunity to go tour the land and the property that we're holding the retreat on. And that's really important for us because that's a part of how we design our experiences and it's a part of how we um, facilitate and hold space in our retreats is by connecting to the energy of the land, of the space, of um, connecting to the elements. So it was a really, really beautiful experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, we met up with the groundskeeper who lives on the land, cares for the land. Um, he was an older man who had such a really kind, open-hearted, really grounded, safe presence. And um, it almost felt like home, too, because as soon as we got there, uh, he showed us around the retreat center itself, which was gorgeous. It's really cool to be holding a retreat in a space that's designed for retreats. So in the center of it is all of the common rooms and the spaces where we'll hold the workshops and yoga and embodiment and breathwork sessions. Uh, which are all so spacious, high ceilings, lots of natural light. Um, And then on the outskirts of those uh, common areas are the private rooms. Well, some of them are shared too, but it's where you'll go back and retreat to in the evening and sleep in your beautiful cozy rooms. And so after that, we hopped on the back of his uh, four-wheeler and he took us all over the property and that was definitely i think our favorite part of the experience because he was pointing out different plant medicines that grow just naturally on that land they didn't uh, plant them there they just were already um, growing there in the wild and yeah he just the way that he um, brought us to each different piece and section of the land he just had like a story to share about um, each different place and he just had so much respect in the way that he was sharing about it and you could tell that um, everyone that works there has like just so much love for what they do for um, the people that come in and hold retreats there and just for the land itself like you can tell it's really well loved and it was cool. There's different um, different areas where people have felt inspired by their time spent on that land. And they'll leave these uh, creative expressions, these little art installations. And so each one of those has a little story to tell. Um, there's a pond that was so beautiful. There's um, one of our favorite spots was these um, tree nets, which 
are even more amazing when you see them in person. <laughs> we had seen pictures of them and we we're like, oh, that's cool. But to see it in person is just another thing because uh, we climbed out on them and laid down on them and you just are gazing up at the treetops, up at the sky. And I can still remember how pure and clean the air felt and smelled. It just smelled like pure pine. It's like a massive hammock. Yeah, it's like a massive hammock, but you can walk on it. Walk on it. There's different layers. It's like in between these boulders and trees. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like a, a a playground is what it felt like. The whole thing feels like a playground. And um, yeah, there's this gorgeous uh, sauna, an eight-person sauna right outside the retreat center. There's hiking trails. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. So that was really special, really important for us because we really... Like I said, it's part of our our process to connect with the land that we're holding our retreat on. So do you want to share more about what is to come uh, as a part of this experience? Yes. What to expect at the Sisters That Stray retreat. We'll have transformational workshops, cacao and fire rituals, some guided nature experiences, but also lots of space to go on your own um, experience in, in the land. There will be guided breathwork sessions under the night sky hanging on the tree nets and a combination of both immersive, deep inner work and an opportunity to be with yourself in a quiet, conscious way. So during the retreat experience, some of the things will be guiding you through and um, and teaching you what you'll, what you'll experience. We'll go through a process of exploring your beliefs and conditioned habits of second guessing yourself or doubting yourself that really keep you in these repeating patterns. You'll learn how to cultivate healthy boundaries that allow you to show up authentically in your relationships and you'll be reconnecting to abandoned or forgotten parts of yourself through integration work. And all of this is going to help you in connecting deeper to yourself, your feminine radiance and your ability to trust yourself. So you'll develop a supportive toolkit that you're going to be able to bring home with you and draw from during challenging or uncomfortable moments to continue to embody that woman that you know you are, that your heart yearns to be. And this is a really important part because we want to help you in developing those those tools, that toolkit, and then allow you to take that home with you. So you get to integrate all this work back into your life and you're going to leave the retreat feeling grounded and refreshed and closer to yourself with more clarity, inspiration, and self-understanding. And of course, this wouldn't be a Sisters That Stray retreat without your sisters. Mm. So a beautiful, really meaningful opportunity to connect with other like-minded, like-hearted women. I think this is one of my... um, One of the parts that always touches me the most about our retreats is witnessing the friendships that bloom and blossom over the the days spent together. And I think that's also something that our heart really yearns yearns for (laughs) more of is, yeah, more more opportunity to connect with women and, you know, to, to walk away with friendships that, you know, you might live in different places, but, um, yeah, you'll really have like this sisterhood that you can lean on afterwards. And and a lot of the women, we've mentioned this before, they'll come and visit each other all over the country. So yeah, a beautiful opportunity to, to really um, find your sisterhood. 
And your in-person journey of the actual retreat is supported by four live virtual group calls. So Amanda and I will be facilitating these two before the retreat and two after the retreat. So this really allows you to take this experience so much deeper and to really um, get so much out of that work that I was talking about earlier of reconnecting to lost parts of yourself and doing that exploration work around your beliefs and conditioned habits and setting boundaries. So the two calls beforehand, we're gonna be preparing you for the experience itself at the retreat. Um, and then afterwards, we'll, we'll be offering coaching on those calls so that you can see how all this work is showing up in your life and what still feels sticky. So I'm so excited. After our three-day workshop in Denver, was it last weekend, two weekends ago? <laughs> I can't wait to be in this retreat center with a community of women, and I can't wait for you guys to see the land um, it's going to be incredible. Like once we stepped on the land at the retreat center, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is it. Like it's gorgeous. Like Amanda said, the smells, it's just so private. The aspens, it's going to be October. It's going to be so cozy and the leaves are going to be changing colors. Oh. oh, we should mention if you're interested in the retreat, all the information is going to be in the show notes. You can go ahead and place your deposit. That is going to save your seat, save your space at the retreat. If you have any questions or you want to make sure that this is the right experience for you, book a clarity call. Amanda and I will meet with you and make sure that your intentions and where you're at currently in your life, um, that the retreat is the right space for you. There's payment plans available. All the info you need is going to be in the link in the show notes. So let's get into today's episode and bring on the guest that we're sharing today, Ella Cook. And like we mentioned at the beginning, Ella has been one of our, the, one of the most impactful business mentors that we've worked with. Her guidance is really what helped us to build and establish um, the foundation of our business that, that it is today, a lot of the systems and processes that we still use. And it's been interesting and inspiring to witness Ella's own personal journey. Um, she, in 2022, Ella made the decision to close down her multi six-figure business, which had to take a lot of courage on her end. And she walked away from that. She walked away from what looked like total success on the outside. And she did this so that she could really tend to her own inner world. And so I think it's it's really cool on this show to to display, um, you know, the full like multi-dimensional, full spectrum woman, um, the full spectrum of the feminine. And I think Ella Ella's journey really embodies that, you know, because she, um, from for myself, she has been someone who I have found. Yeah, so much inspiration from from just witnessing how she has moved through life because I really can resonate with so much of what Ella shares on this episode. You know, being a woman who was always uh, striving for perfection, who was always chasing um, achievements in her career until finally, um, you know, she tried everything. She even built her own business, right, that was really successful. 
um, until finally she just reached a point and was like, this isn't really what's fulfilling me. Like I keep convincing myself that this is it or like this time it's going to feel better. Um, this next achievement, this ne next success is going to be what helps me finally feel, um, you know, happy with my life and love with my life. And so it wasn't until she really put all of these um, outside expectations of what her life should look like, even expectations, I think, that came from um, a place within herself, too. You know, she talks a lot about her relationship that she has with her ego and how she's had to navigate that um, as she's walked away from that business that she built. Um, so, yeah, she, you know, after putting that all aside, she finally found what was true for herself. She finally found um, her own definition of success. And so she started embracing more of her natural feminine essence. She met her partner who she fell madly in love with and who she now travels the world with while she makes art. And so I think it's, this is going to be a really inspiring conversation for, for women who feel like there's so much more to them than what they are currently putting out there into the world right now. You know, Ella is such a great example of someone who really followed that path of what we think is going to be, you know, what success looks like. And so then you're going to be happy, right? Because you're successful. And so she really, um, like I said, embodies what the feminine... Um, I think that feminine part of us that we all really want to express more of, um, you know, she's claiming her desire right now to be an artist and really diving just head first into that heart first into it. And life is really responding to her doing that. So some of the things that we talk about in this conversation are um, Ella's journey in finding the courage to pivot to let go of others' expectations and ideas of success and to define it for yourself. Her advice to women who feel like they've boxed themselves into a life they don't love. The overachieving patterns Ella had to overcome on her way to creating a life that felt truly fulfilling. How she allowed herself to fall wholeheartedly in love and how her partnership has supported her in pursuing her dreams. She also talks about owning that your desires are valid and you are allowed to want them and finding liberation when throwing the rule box out. So, so much good stuff in here. I think that a lot of the women who listen to this podcast are going to get so much out of it. So let's get into today's conversation with Ella. Welcome back to the podcast, Ella. We okay. are so happy to have you. Um, yeah, for those listening, Ella was, I would say, I guess one of the most impactful mentors we've had as far as business goes. And we've had her on the podcast before to talk all things money, sales, marketing, mindset, business. And now we have her back to talk about pretty much the opposite, feminine flow, art. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, I'm excited to to hear how your journey has has shifted. And I think that's really impactful for a lot of women listening who might be really in that hustle, you know, driven space and to be able to trust that there is another way. And I think such a massive change you've made to let go of a multi six figure business 
and trust your heart to move in a different direction. So I'd love for you to start there and just kind of give us a little bit about who you are, Ella Cook, and also what that journey has been like, why you decided to let go of that business and move in the direction of your art. Mm, I'm so happy to be back here with you ladies um, and just honored that you consider our paths crossing impactful in any way. That was definitely why I was running the school. You know, I really wanted to impact in that way. So yeah, just really honored that you guys accepted us as your mentors. It was a beautiful process to go on. I'm so happy to be back with you both today. Like I genuinely hopped on the call and I was like, yeah, this feels great. Um, do you know what came up for me when you were like, who are you? I was like, oh, changing every day, evolving every day. I don't know who Ella is today. <laughs> we'll see who she is tomorrow. It's definitely a, an evolution. I'm loving this new chapter of life where I really am learning more about myself every day. And I think just creating space for much more space for acceptance and compassion and the not knowing, you know, the really the not knowing and that kind of um, in between stage that I used to so quickly move through to create certainty and outcomes and goals. I'm just really enjoying living in a much more fluid space now. So I was like, who is Ella mm, becoming? That's what, that's my little mantra at the, at the moment. So yeah, like leaving or choosing to wind down the school was a really, really difficult decision. And just like any other difficult decision I made in my life, like quitting my nine to five or leaving my fiance, <laughs> things kind of become unraveled quite quickly. I think the motions, things get set in motion a lot uh, earlier on than they actually happen and it can be a bit of a slower process but I think actually when I make the decision that this is what I want to do I'm usually pretty committed to that and you know what the universe is like it just organizes itself around you but it was definitely scary and I actually watched a video from one of my uh, guy that I've been following for a while but haven't really resonated with his content because it's all very hustle driven strategy and then he released this video yesterday that was like it sounded like my life. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly how I was feeling for the last few years. And he's just really vulnerably sharing like the things that he has been challenged with around business and some of the things that really resonated with me. And I'll just use him as like a translation for and a better articulation of what I've been trying to say. Um, it's just like, I think, you know, sometimes you, I, I, I think I built the things that I built almost because I felt like I, I should because I could, and I was great at them. And, you know, I was of service and of value to people, but I don't think I really knew why I wanted to do what I was doing. And I think that I had to stop doing it before I really got that clear message from the universe, from myself, that I needed to follow my heart and bring more space into my life. And I remember my uh, very good girlfriend was sitting in my living room with me one day and I just moved into a ridiculous villa in Bali. And, you know, I had an art studio and a dance studio and bleh, all this stuff. And I was like, why am I so miserable? <laughs> like, this should be making me happy. This is like, you know, I was living around people that would have killed for that level of success. And it just, but there was, you know, I, there was this, this void, this, this space inside of me that was feeling lifeless and empty. And my girlfriend was hanging out with me and she was looking at the art on my wall and we were just chatting about stuff. And I just turned around to her. I was like, you know, I don't think I'm going to meet the love of my life sitting on 
at home making money online. <laughs> and it was like this, <laughs> it was like this snowball effect that happened. I like said out loud the thing that had been like mulling around in the back of my head for ages. And I'm not suggesting that I close school of the school down because I wanted to go meet my now partner. But in some ways that is kind of what happened because I was very motivated to leave the bubble of Bali. And in order to do that, I really needed to create space in my life. Like I just didn't feel like I had space for the things that I wanted to do. You know, I had my, my dancing and stuff in Bali, but there was just this big desire to get out and see the world. And I wasn't meeting the type of man that I wanted to in Bali. And I was kind of a bit of sick of waiting around. I felt like I was waiting, you know, that feel like, you're like, it's like, is someone, it's like my life going to start now or like, when is there a, when's it going? And it just wasn't happening. So after my love and relationship coach actually suggested to me that I leave Bali two years before I actually did or a year and a half, but I, I kind of looked when, okay, well, if I'm going to create this space, I need to hit pause on the things that are taking up my time and see what happens from there. And you know, you know what it's like when you give space to an idea and you kind of entertain it. And then like, for me, it just like took on a life of its own. I was like, oh, like I want to go dancing in New York and I want to go to South America and learn the freaking tango. And like all this stuff that I wanted to do came through when I kind of created this space. And so when, when I took, I don't have to do this business if I don't want to off the table, like I took the business off the table, all this other stuff came through in my my being and I just had this moment of like same as I did with any of I was like I gotta do it I don't I'm, I don't want to live in like regret or like I'll get to living all this freakishly awesome joy when I want to I want to do it now and it was a huge sacrifice because it was very you know financially lucrative and I, I didn't I wasn't very good with money back then either so I was you know really like not sure how I was going to support myself after that year but I just thought I'm pretty sure the universe has had my back <laughs> up until now. I'm sure she'll catch me if I fall. Let me throw myself off the cliff and see if I am a butterfly. <laughs> and, um, and it was turned out, but it wasn't obviously, you know, that straightforward, but hopefully that gives a little bit of very um, abstract context for <laughs> the decision-making process at the time. Yeah. What a journey. So you spoke to it a little bit, but like, what were some of the fears that came up? Because what you built in that business was really, from my, from my perspective, really stable. Like you guys like had it down, you were thriving in your position, like an incredible coach, you knew what you were talking about, you know? So I guess my first question is, were you feeling purpose in that, in that role? Or was, you know, how sometimes you can like, do something, be really good at it, but you're still lacking purpose because like maybe the heart isn't there or the passion isn't there. So were you feeling that purpose? And then the second part of the question is what, what were the major fears that came up as you were deciding to let go of the business and go kind of into the unknown? Yeah. And I mean, you know, all of like everything that I'll just say, I'm, I'll, I'll just preface and caveat with like I absolutely adore my now old business partner and everything that I'll share is in you know my heart and what's true for me um you know and and we've both had our separate ex experiences but I've come to realize that I don't think I was ever really going to flourish in a business partnership and um you know 
I don't know why that is for many reasons, but I just know that the feeling that I had um, was of a sense of being boxed in rather than expressed. And that's what was missing for me. This feeling of like uninhibited expression. I feel like there was a little bit of like a tether or a rope there that was just not, you know, I'm like, I'm just always, I need to be fully expressed in all of my facets. And that just didn't feel like I had that space to do that. And God bless him. I mean, all he wanted to do was support me to to express myself. That was what he was telling me all the time. But you know, I think there was a big part there around like uh, needing approval from my mentor that he'd been for for many, many years. And I think a lot of me built that because it was what, you know, he he wanted. Like as in, I thought, well, this will find, I'll finally get the pat on the back. Like, good job. I was crushing it, right? You guys saw it. Like it was amazing. And I'm like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. How do I tell him that this isn't really what I want to do? <laughs> I'm really good at it. It's serving. It's doing great. And I think we hit a roadblock when we looked at scaling. And I think that when we looked at hiring someone to replace me for the sales role, right? And like Amanda, you know, you know firsthand from like, it's it's a very nuanced thing. It was It was difficult. I didn't have a problem with like the letting go, but I think we had a problem about like, how did we want to scale it? We had different visions of that. And ultimately I didn't want to be in a sales role full-time. It had been two and a half years. It's not what I wanted moving forward. And yeah, there was just a bit of like, a, well, maybe we just take a break and see what happens. And then that break turned into like, you know, a uh, permanent uh, break from that. But yeah, I don't know if it wasn't a sense of purpose. It was just more of like, a, you know, I was like, I have more to share with the world. Than, than just business coaching. And even though I was encouraged to use the platform for that, it just didn't feel right because people were coming to me for business coaching. And I was like, yeah, but all this other stuff. And even though people were happy to hear whatever it was that I was waffling on about that week, you know, and got value out of it, it was always coming back down to business. And I almost felt like, um, I wanted to talk about everything else, but, you know, and I was obviously great at coaching people on their business and helping them with all the things, but it just didn't feel like enough for me. So I'm sure that there are ways that I could have made it work. Right. But I was kind of a bit sick of that, of the whole, like trying to make it work for me. I was like, maybe there is an option C here that doesn't look like this. I forget the second, oh, my fears. My fears honestly were that like, I actually flew off my scooter on, uh, I drove into the back of a truck uh, in Bali and I flew over my handlebars and this was at the Christmas before we closed in the March, it was the December. And I remember that happened uh, and I was completely unscathed on the side of the road. My backpack had broken my fall. And I was like, I think something's up with my life like maybe I should take a look at it and because that doesn't happen I just don't believe that those types of things happen for no reason and I was flying around trying to find the perfect house that was way more than I should probably have been spending on accommodation I'd been you know double booked all day type situation so it was like a classic like you're doing too much slow down lady but, you know, I ignored that and Christmas rolled around and then I really overindulged that Christmas, which was a big warning sign for me that I was yeah, filling that void. And I think my fear was that I was running out of time to like enjoy my 30s. I was like, I feel like 
time is not, I don't want to wait. And my fear was that same fear that made me leave my, my ex-fiance. I had like, you know, the fast forward to being a 90 year old woman where I was like, how do you feel about your day to day right now? Like, is this, is this something that you're going to be stoked about later in life? Or is there like a better choice for you here? And I think that I knew in my heart that there was, um, but I was so deeply entrenched in so many things um, that it was difficult to make that decision. But I think I was just afraid that I would lose myself, continue to lose myself in all of it. So I had to make a choice of looking after myself first, really, even though it meant jumping into the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's, I remember that, that accident that you had. I do. Yeah. I remember like just feeling your energy. I think we spoke over zoom maybe a couple days after it happened. I could tell it really had shaken you. And at the same time you were like, all right, what is this teaching me? (laughs) So I, what I'm really feeling in this moment is how you have shown time and time again, the courage to pivot. And that's something that I've always looked up to you for. And that's something that I've like really resonated with you and your journey, because I feel like I've also done that a lot in my life. And um, every time you do it, though, for me, every time I've done it, it's this feeling of this probably looks crazy, but I just can't not do it. (laughs) And I think what is really beautiful about the way that you've done it, the way that I'm watching you do it in your journey, is it's showing that you are so multidimensional, um, you are so multi-layered, and I think that's part of you feeling into and expressing your feminine. And I think a lot of women really hold themselves back from that experience because we're so often taught you choose one path and you go down that path the rest of your life. And if you ever pivot, it's because you're doing something wrong or you made a mistake. You should have chosen that path the first time, right? You know, it's just this belief that we're so like taught. And um, I would love to know what what advice you would give to a woman who's listening right now, who's maybe feels that way. She's like, well, I chose this path and now I have to stick to it. But she's feeling like, no, there's so much more to me than this marketing job, or there's so much more to me than um, being a nurse or whatever it is. Um, So what kind of advice would you give to that woman who's listening right now? And it's just feeling like, I want to, I want to be more than this, but I'm not, I'm afraid. I don't know how. Well, firstly, I just really resonate with what you're saying. That is so, so true for my experience. And um, I don't know why we have this societal conditioning with this like sunk cost fallacy, you know, of like, well, I've done this one thing. So this is how it has to be forever. I kind of feel like, you know, when it's like, this is going to sound like the weirdest analogy, but it's like, what do you want to eat? I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Mm, let me try mm. like you don't want to eat the same stuff every day because your tastes change your desires change your mood changes your hormones change like you know the sun is at different points in the sky throughout the day like I just feel like for me you know once I really started to understand that my desires were okay and I was allowed to want and I was allowed to want for many things at different times. You know, I went through a phase before I met my partner of dating a couple of men that were like, you know, I was like, Ooh, what if I 
try on a whole different version of what society has for me and see how that fit. And I found it so liberating to kind of chuck the rule book out really and just fully live in this weird and wonderful, like I honestly, my body is like loving me telling you this story. It's like, yeah, it feels really good. <laughs> and it, but it's hard to do, but I, I don't know. I think, I think that if you can, God, I don't even want to try and like give strategic advice on it. I'm just like, for me, it's like, I, I try and do what I want. Like I really try and speak my truth and do what I want because what I found is that like, I used to be really scared of what people would think or say. And my, like you said, Amanda, my changing of paths meant that I wasn't successful at something. And so I had to really let my ego die her bitchy death. And she still deal, I still deal every day. Like, you know, we meet new people and my, my soul, they're like, what do you do? And I, and I, my soul is like, we're an artist. <laughs> And my ego is like, well, I closed down a multi six figure business and I'm like, bitch, shut up. <laughs> You're not, you know, like cool story, but no thanks. Like, and it, it's that battle of like leaning into the ever changing nature of who I am and allowing that to be what it is. Um, and I, I think that it's a bit of a muscle. You kind of have to practice it a few times and you know what I noticed is that actually the people around me that I really truly love and want to connect with respect me more for really pursuing the truth that's in my heart and you know my mom has got probably got whiplash from the amount of different things that she's been on board to support but what I've realized is that my mom gets joy out of the roller coaster Ella and you know whatever project I'm rolling with at the time she's really supportive of and I don't know. It's, it's part of that whole, like being unapologetically yourself, you know, and I have, I have learned that my choices in life have an impact on other people. And I've gotten better at being conscientious with that. Right. Like my mom is a great example of like, you know, she's just like, your plans change every few minutes. And so now I understand, cause we've had some very deep conscious conversations around, I always feel like I'm being told off and limited, but actually through deep connection and deep, deep understanding, I now understand that my mom is fearful for me. And so she is coming from a place of protection and being protective. And now that I understand that we've made like an agreement to always give each other the benefit of the doubt. And now I can share more vulnerably with her the decisions I'm thinking about making and she can really support in that way. But I think that I had to kind of fully own the like, this is me going to do life this way, but also understand that I'm not the only person that does life with me. Like there are other people around me, um, you know, and I, I look back on my time with my business partner and I think I wish I'd been more honest with, with him, with myself about how I was feeling and my, my real desire, because I kind of felt like these, these ideas of what I really wanted would bubble to the surface. And then I'd put a lid on them and I'd be like, okay, like, I'll just do things the way I'm supposed to do them, even though like my soul was craving them. And now I just don't do that. And like, we're waiting to hear back about an opportunity. I may move to like a crazy tiny little island, like in the middle, because my whole body went, do it. And I was like, okay. And I've chosen a man that is so on board with my wild, multi-dimensional, to quote you, Amanda, feminine, like loves it, is all about the ride. And he's the one that keeps us like, you know, steady and anchored. But so I don't know, like advice, what's the advice? Like, 
can you afford not to? You get one go round in this beautiful vessel, right? With this experience in this life. Like for me, my driving forces, I can't, I want to see what she will create when she's untethered. I want to see, not from a place of like, it has to be done, just genuine curiosity, <laughs> you know, where it's like, I don't know what's going to come next. Like, why don't we lean into what feels good and find out, you know, it's kind of, it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. It does make life more playful, right? Um, so you brought up your partner. We haven't talked about him yet. So I'd love to hear, yeah, if you want to share the story of how you two met, because I also remember you telling me, I remember again, us hopping on a Zoom meeting and you were like, I've met someone. <laughs> And it was different. It was different than any other person you had told me about before. So I'd love to hear that story of how you two met and what your life looks like now living with him and how, um, you know, you mentioned that this partnership is really supporting you in your dreams. And I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'll try and keep the story brief because it's it's got its own little breadcrumb nuanced moments. But um, I had basically made the decision to leave Bali which was huge. I put the business on pause. It wasn't like closed down at that point. It was very much on pause while I just took a sabbatical. I'd started making art. I'd been going on, you know, remote island surf trips that I'd always wanted to. And I really threw myself into my Latin dance. And I was like, plans, right. I'm going to New York. I'm going to this place that I want to learn how to dance there. I'm going to go to the UK and spend some time with my family. Like I really wanted to reconnect with my family. That was a big thing for me. Um, and I'd been back and I just said, I'm coming back to the UK, mom. I don't know why, but I'm, I knew I was coming back. And she was like, Ella. And I tried to like date this guy in the UK. That was so not a good fit for me, but just cause he was in the UK. Cause my heart knew that I was coming back, but my brain hadn't really kind of figured it out. And um, so I'd gone back to Bali for three months to just pack up all my stuff and, and recalibrate. And I would never have dated a tourist ever. Like why I was living there for four years I would never but I was on tinder and I'd been psych I had a few really interesting dynamics of relationships and I've been trying on a few things besides and I was just in that place of like really living for me and the flow was just there and I matched with this guy and just from the get-go he was all about me and was like unapologetically overzealous about Ella I was, I was there for it. I was like, oh yeah, this is what I, this is what I've been waiting for. This is awesome. You're great. And then he was like, I'm English. And I was like, oh, well, that don't make sense now. But well, as soon as we met, it was like a very weird experience because I just was so, I was in one of those places where I was like driving on my scooter. I was just feeling myself, you know, I had like, I was like wearing my, like my soft linens, my hair felt amazing. And I just remember that day just feeling like I was going to like a crazy therapy session. I kept, I call it therapy, but she's like my spiritual healer lady afterwards. So I had like a coffee morning with him, but I, I walked in and I was just feeling amazing. And I remember I saw him and he looked like he wanted to eat me. Like that was the the look in his eyes. And it was like, I, I don't even think he was wearing red, but I, I registered to him as just this really big sparkly. He's like six, two and he's, he's very stocky. So he's a big guy very like booming loud voice and just like got up being like oh my god like wow and I was like oh <laughs> it was just this moment of like I don't usually meet men that have the same big energy as me usually when I meet men 
my body's like, no, but my brain's like, no, we can make this one work. (laughs) My body's like, no, but instantly there was like this kind of recognition that it was safe. I, I could be big. And I remember halfway through our conversation, wanting to get up and salsa with him. That was just like the vibe that was going down. And halfway through the conversation, he told me he was going to cancel his flight out of there to spend more time with me. And I was like, oh, that's such an Ella move. Like, I love that. And then he asked for another date and we had multiple dates in the same day. Obviously I said, yes. And it was just, it was just a, you know, a fuck yeah from, from the get-go. And then before I knew it, plans were changing and I was not going to Portugal. I was going to go to London and help him pack up his flat and there were children to meet. And it was like, it was a 180 on what I had planned to do, but I just knew that it was the right. I just knew it was right. And it was so scary. You know, you'll, you'll know this from, you know, the women that you work with inside your academy, like it's very, very scary when you've, I've been so conditioned to prioritize um, like what I, like my plans, like, you know, I was used to controlling outcomes and I had everything scheduled and planned. And then to just throw that it's to your point, Manda, right? Like throw that up and smoke. Everyone's like, I thought you were going off traveling around the world. I was like, no, I met someone instead. We're going to do it together. And I have a step family now. (laughs) Such a crazy pivot, but you know, it just felt right. And, um, you know, I think from the get go, I wasn't working and I definitely had fear that when I started work, I would change, you know, I would be a different person and that our relationship would change. But what a joy for me to be able to date somebody. And I even, I had a client that I was working with just consulting and I ended up like letting her go because I just didn't want to do anything except be with him. Like I just really wanted to, for the first time in my life, just let myself fall in love and like be all about this experience and we just had an incredible you know few weeks of just this little bubble of love and I don't regret any of it any of the decisions that I made to give myself that because it really set us up for for something amazing and I knew there was something different about him it was almost like I think I'd been waiting for like, how am I really going to realize my dreams? You know, it was like a a conversation I used to have with myself a lot. And when I met him, I was like, oh, controversial. (laughs) Oh, this is okay. So what this partnership could be the thing I've been like wanting, like this safe space, this support, this unending, there's no rope here. This is like a, you do you boo. Like what's up with today? And it was amazing for me that whatever direction I you know dabbled in that support was there of like I trust that you are guided Ella like you know he knows I'm like I'm just gonna go and sit and see what you know spirit has he's like cool you come back with the details I can't wait to hear and he follows like you know that guidance that I get and he's just all about it because I don't know why I don't know why but yeah it's a really beautiful a really beautiful partnership definitely has had its challenges because, you know, there's trust and then there's trust. Like, and I think for me, I, we, we did um eight dates, this amazing um, book by John and Julie Gottman. And we went through the eight dates and I told him about it. He was like, we need to do it. I was like, okay, great that you're up for that. And like, we learned just so early on, like we have opposite experiences of trust and commitment. And so because we took the time to realize that like 
I know it's actually taken me a long time. We've been together a year this month and it's taken me a really long time to actually trust him. And I think I really started to, when I saw the person that I've become in this relationship and the types of, you know, I I tried to start another business in January that was not my art business. It was a coaching business and it was just so square peg round hole. And, you know, (laughs) just watching him watch me change my mind and how supportive he was of that. And just like, he just know he's like, you'll figure it out. I, you'll just do what you want to do. Like, I got you have fun. If you're having fun, everyone's winning. And I was like, this is pretty special. And I think really feeling that energy from him just allowed me to sink into what I really wanted to do. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying like, I'm, when I say, hear myself saying, I'm like, oh yeah, like a man has made all this possible, Ella, that's great. Like, it's not about that. I think I've just allowed myself to be supported. You know, I know I want cheerleaders. I know I want a safe space to come into, you know, to hold me on the hard days. And I have that and yeah, I'm deeply grateful for it. Yeah. And there's this delicate balance, you know, where yes, we don't, need a man to make us feel safe or to help us follow our dreams but there there is there's this balance right of like it does it can ground you and like his trust in you it's this way we can inspire each other you know i feel in when we're loving from attachment or more unhealthy relating it's like i need you i need you as that source of trust i need you to trust me so i can trust myself but when we move into more of the conscious relating and relating from a place of of love and like true um yeah i would say healthy relating it's like it it fuels you it inspire you inspire each other and, and in a way honestly two is better than one because you get to see yourself in ways that you can't alone like we there's some blind spots we cannot see you know and so if you really trust that partner you're going to trust him to reflect those blind spots and and i think what i'm hearing in this is that in in the way that i experience it it sounds like he's in that healthy masculine because a healthy masculine trusts the feminine as the oracle that means he trusts her intuition And so, yeah, he's going to follow that. He's probably going to take the lead and actually get you to the thing, you know, like kind of be that, that vision, that, that leadership, but the, a man doesn't necessarily have that Oracle energy that we have as the feminine. And so again, like two is better than one because like, I'll source that I'll speak to spirit, you know, and I'll bring it back. I'll tell you the details and like, you make the plans, (laughs) you know, and not to say that you know, I want to be sensitive with saying two is better than one. I think we're also very powerful on our, on our own, but there's such power in healthy relating. And I think something else that's really special about what you said is again, about this kind of delicate um, balance where someone could look from the outside and be like, damn, Ella, are you like totally self-abandoning, like to, to chase love, you know, but the difference is you know you trust yourself and i saw you you were doing the work to to get to that place to trust yourself so that you can trust love love. and i had a similar experience with jesse you know as soon as i met him spark was there i was like this is a full yes let's go we dove in the night we met 
it, it, we were together ever since, you know, and like two days later, we're talking about getting married and having a child, you know, like, and I ditched work for like the first few weeks. I was like, F this, like, I'm falling in love. Like, I don't care. Reschedule, cancel, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. And Manda did the same thing with her partner now, you know, and, and I think it's beautiful to let ourselves have that because when we really yeah. meet that person and we get to experience that level of love, like, absolutely do i really think my my client call is more important than the most special love i've ever experienced you know i choose love like let's fucking go so um, i want to ask because i think all my clients are going to be like they're going to be wondering so we need to we need to get this <laughs> get the details so you tr attracted a great man okay what what were some of your patterns in the past what were some of the things you had to overcome to be able to be the woman you are to attract that partner? I used to love emotionally unavailable men. They were like candy for me. <laughs> um, so I had to do a lot of deep healing around like my father wound. That was a big one for me. Um, and yeah, that was like a lot of, a lot of very deep work. And I'm so glad that I did it. Um, and so that was definitely a pattern for me. I would go after men that, yeah, like definitely would show some interest in me, but I would take like breadcrumbs, you know, like scraps here and there. I wasn't really, I was a little bit, and then the men that I was meeting that were all about me, they just weren't the men that I wanted, you know? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> they just weren't, you know, either physically, they just weren't doing it for me or or there was something very like uh, feminine about their nature, right? So I was, and I, I know now why, because I did definitely just did, I had my guard up the whole time, you know? And I think that, when I think back to me and Alan and how that progressed, like I had to intentionally like be like put the wall down. And I, I would say to him, like, I'm pushing you away right now because I really like you. <laughs> like I would have to say those things out loud because I liked him so much that I didn't want to lose him, but I felt what was happening. So yeah, that was definitely one of the patterns. I also think for me, prioritizing work above everything else was a problem. And just to your point, Leah, you know, when you, like I said to him, cause he, I was like, you know, well, you can come to Portugal, but I'm going to have my own place <laughs> that you can't stay in. <laughs> and like, you can, I have to work. <laughs> and that wasn't attractive to him. And as soon as I was saying the things, you know, he's like, he's like, but I want in, you know, like, let me in. And as I could hear myself say the things that I was saying, and I was trying out the vulnerable thing of like, I really like you and I want to share my space with you. I just don't really know how, you know, and I'm scared about losing myself in this. It was like, a, oh, that makes sense. I totally get that. Like, how about we do it like this, you know? And we, it took definitely some, some practice. And um, I also hired, like I worked with a love and relationship coach for a while before uh, meeting him. And I know that that wasn't possible before that. And I think, you know, settling for less than what I knew I deserved it was almost that like this um this way of like uh, fulfilling the story that like I wasn't good enough you know I would be looking for men that I knew weren't going to give me what I wanted but I would stay in it for way longer than I should and I think I was a bit addicted to the the um the challenge of like making it work right of like getting him to finally like me for who I am and he'll one day he'll see my value and it's like why are you working so hard <laughs> you know my friends would say to me like Ella what are you doing 
I'd be like, no, no, like he's great. We can totally make this work. So I think I had to like, let it be easy. That was definitely something that I had to, had to learn. But, um, you know, I think when I stopped chasing love, I know it's a cliche, but it's true. I stopped chasing it. And I really just went like, I'll just go off and live my life. I'm bound to meet someone like, you know, I'm a great person. I love myself. And if I can just go do the things that make me happy instead of doing other things for other people, then maybe I'll, I'll meet someone. So yeah, those are probably, probably, I I will also say, I will also say, I, I think I was a very controlling person in relationships. Like I wanted to date men that I could control that would do what I asked them to, because that was safe for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I experienced a lot of very traumatic things when I was younger that made me feel like I will be out of like with a masculine man, with a man that I love and that I feel vulnerable around, I, I will get hurt. So I wanted someone that definitely wouldn't hurt me. So I was going for kind of men that, that I could control. So boring. <laughs> Not what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. The chase, right? The addictive chase, trying to prove like eventually he's going to fully choose me and then, wow, I'm going to be worthy. Yeah, there's so much to unravel. So thanks for sharing that. I think that's really um, important for women to hear, you know, that especially that are in the process of unraveling that, you know, to see. And I think we, gosh, there's so much opportunity in really trusting love, you know, because that control piece is there for so many of us. And then we try to control. It's like, cool. Okay, I did. I did all the work. Now, where is he? You know, and it's like, we are so not in control of that. And do you even want to be in control of that? You know, like really opening and trusting and just like sinking into that embodiment like you did of like, this is who I am and I'm amazing. Like, can't wait for this person I'm going to meet. Yeah. And I think for, for me, like I think back on all the times I just knew it wasn't a full body. Yes, but I tried anyways. And I think like I got really good at like cycling through a few like not great fits and then the fits started getting better and better. And I remember the day before I met Alan, I'd entered into like a little mini long distance while this guy was away from Bali and he was coming back Um, or I was going to meet him in Europe or something. And he wasn't like fully in it. And I literally text him without even thinking. I was like, oh, like I'm done basically. And my whole body was like, yeah, you are. But it was like a weird as soon as that space was cleared, the next one came in. I just like anyone that feels like this, is this as good as I'm going to get? Definitely not. Like definitely, definitely not. Like if you're even asking yourself that question, you've nowhere near (laughs) reached the potential of what you can, what you can meet. Like there's definitely no, like I settled for way less than I um, wanted to. And I think I had to be also like, I wanted a man that looked great on paper you know, rather than like some, I'm a bit weird and nerdy. And like, I want someone that's obsessed with dance and like, is totally weird. And those men don't look great on paper always. (laughs) And so like, you know, I had to just go with what I wanted, you know, and choose someone a little bit off brand. I mean, he's perfectly on brand if you, once you get, you know, you meet him and get to know him. But uh, yeah, I had to have the courage to go after what I really wanted. You know, people were like, his two kids, Ella. I'm like, yep but I love him and it feels great. And for for whatever reason, they've been brought into my life. Cool. Like his daughter's name's Ella Louise. (laughs) Like we're the same first and middle name. That's not a coincidence. I'm rolling with it. That's wild. (laughs) 
like really wild. I just have to say it's so good to see you in this energy. Like it fits you. It's just radiant. It's exciting. It's it's really beautiful. So I'd love for you to share more about your art. So what you're up to now um, and how that's going and yeah, where where you're headed. If you know, you know, maybe you don't know where you're headed. I, oh, I definitely don't, <laughs> but it's great. And thank you for asking about it. I forgot that's kind of one of the reasons I reached out to you guys. I really share my art with you. And I'm so stoked that you both will have a piece of my crazy work in your home, um, your homes. I have been an artist since I was young. I'm, you know, you'll see the story on my my page that you both would have been on. Like I created this sculpture when I was 17 and I sold it and it was a plaster cast of my naked body ripping itself out of red sheets. I mean, it all makes sense now, but back then my my school was like, what? <laughs> it's like a private all girls school in the UK that was like extremely conservative, but you know, a, a benefactor, a very feminist benefactor for the school bought it and, uh, you know, made them display it in the school hall, dining hall, made me cover my nipples up, but and I think like, what a, what a vote of confidence from somebody. Like, I would love to be able to do that for other artists now. You know, I feel like there are so many people whose work is amazing and, you know, artists have something they're trying to say. And I just love that I was given that encouragement, you know, and I love that that's now part of the story that I'm sharing as to this journey. I think that I stopped work and art was what came through twice. I got dengue fever. I, all I could do was paint. You know, and I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I forgot I loved this, you know, and my expression is not portraiture or drawing. I'm actually like, give me a stick figure any day, but I can't draw for shit. But abstract, you know, large painting, love it. And I think that when I stopped work again and I found the digital medium that I could do on the go, you know, I was with my best friend when, when she showed me the the stuff she was using. I was she said she saw my creative brain just like go on one. And that was me for like pretty much the whole night I was creating. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was like one of those things where I have just never thought that could be something I could do. You know, like there's this starving artist, you know, persona that we're, we're told when we're younger. And I always wanted to actually work in theater, but my family were like, oh, that's not, you know, lucrative. And, you know, so I did advertising instead, right? I like as close as I could to creativity, but, you know, and I'm just a very creative person. So when I stopped, you know, and I was on sabbatical and I started producing art, I just started sharing it with, you know, friends and family on social media. And I just got such a lovely response to it. And it was, it was creating connections with people. So I just kept making and my best friend who's been around since the, the sculpture days, um, you know, and that, that sculpture was like, I was in an abusive relationship at the time when I was 17. And, um, you know, that I think it was my way of saying like help, you know, and, and I want out, I, I feel trapped. Like that was definitely the message that I think I was trying to communicate. No one around me knew what was going on except my, my best friend actually, although I don't think she really knew at the time. Um, but her and I were talking earlier this year and I was telling her about my business that I was going to start and, you know, it's going to be a successful coaching business. And I knew all the strategies and how to make it happen. You can even hear in my voice. I was so not sold, but I, I wanted to do something that felt really good. And, you know, helping women with eating disorders, it had been my journey. It felt good. And I was saying to her, I don't know if I can come to the States. I was in Canada at the time because like, you know, sales calls and like, you know, I don't know when they'll be scheduled and I need to have a set workspace. And she was like, why are you doing this? 
I was like, what do you mean? Like, well, you know, I want to make money again. And like, I want to get back. My career is on hold, la, la, la. And she was like, why would you build this business? Like, I was like, why? I just want to have time freedom again so I can, you know, make art and travel. And there was just this like silence down the phone. And I was like, I should just make art and travel, shouldn't I? <laughs> she was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like this, this like, honestly, the epiphany that I had that I was just barking up the wrong tree and it was all a means to an end. And if I could just have the courage to do it for the love of what I was doing, of really, truly what was in my heart, then maybe things would just figure themselves out. And so I made a decision not to like go, okay, straight back into starting another business, but I actually got a sales job. Like last time I was on this call with you guys, I was giving loads of sales advice. I'm great at sales, love sales. So I've got an awesome sales gig that, you know, more than pays the bills and funds my art business. And I, I got that secured. And then I was like, right, let's just lean into art for a while. And see what comes from there. And uh, the more I created, the more I loved it. And, you know, I had a bunch of psychedelics in America. I made, I made the trip obviously to the States and made more art. And it was just coming out of me like <laughs> no tomorrow. So I said like, why not? Let's just see what happens. And I got a mentorship. Um, I got a mentor um, in a program that really supports people like me that really want to share their art with loads of people. Like the reason I never pursued the art thing is I was like, there's no, there's no direct path to like getting your art in front of loads of people. And like, I want my art in front of loads of people because I want to use it as a connection. I don't just want it like sitting in my house in Bali. Like that didn't feel good. And you kind of have to like wait until you get picked up by a gallery or like hope that some benefactor likes your art. And that's just not it's a waiting game, you know, and I'm not about that. <laughs> so this mentorship really gave me the opportunity to look at how I could kind of honestly apply all the best practice sales and marketing that I know to the art industry. And it was like a hell yeah. As soon as I read his book, I was like, oh yeah, let's go. So my art is like, when I first joined the program, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to make a new collection, you know, that's more mainstream. <laughs> And he was like, nah, this is cool. It's really different. And your message is strong. You want to empower women to express themselves fully, just like you. That's what you advocate for. And that's your message. And if you can get clear about that, you know, and, and he helped me to do that, then it will connect with people. And from, from the get-go, it has, you know, and I'm definitely connecting with as many women as, as I couldn't, like the amount of women that I'm connecting with that resonate with me is crazy. Like I'm amazed at how like people are like, wow, I love this. And I'm like, what? Like it blows my mind that this is of any interest to people, but I love that I'm humble about it. <laughs> and I've had to check myself ladies. Like I won't lie, you know, like I'm building a business again, which is what I'm doing. And I have, I am checking myself all the time. Why are you doing this? And I, every day I'm like, oh my God, e-com is such a slog compared to service-based business. I'm like, but it's this business model is what you want. I actually want something that is does not require me to manage a lot of people that is hands-off for the most. I'm building this for my future, for my future family. And I want something that I can work from anywhere in the world with. And this business model is perfect for that. It's low pressure, it's fun, it's creative, and it does leverage all of the things that I know 
the biggest lesson for me in all of this is it's going to take some time <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> like I've adjusted the timeline to be whatever. And I made sure I, you know, sort of my um, income and finances out to be able to support that. Again, it's like, it wasn't, my ego didn't like that at all. She's like, you can't have a job. <laughs> We're self-employed. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Do what you're great at. Make some great cash to fund this next chapter of your business. Best decision ever. So yeah, like my, my, I, I don't know where this is going, but what I'm seeing is that this is perfect is what it feels like because it is just so pure. It's just, and it's just my expression. It's, I, it's exactly what I've always wanted. It's just a space for me to be me and turns out, so I'm going to get a bit emotional because it's like really big for me. It turns out that that is great <laughs> just me rocking up in my full weirdness in whatever way I want to be is connecting with women all over the world and I'm so humbled that it does and it's I'm bringing them together in community and I hope to really add value to that community but I've also chosen to partner with an organization a charitable organization that supports like the therapeutic healing of women that have been rescued from the trafficking industry which is I don't even call it industry like it's this awful situation that's going on which is really important to me that my work gives back and helps to heal other women so I don't know where it's going right now but it feels like it's going somewhere great <laughs> you know what I mean it's just the excitement that I feel connecting to these women each one not doesn't have to be lots it's just each individual one at a time right now and I just trust that the joy that I feel from this is just far outweighs any other joy that I've felt in my life. Mm. Oh, that was really exciting to feel you getting emotional because I don't think I've ever like experienced uh, emotional Ella in that way. Really? Oh, so that, I'm all, that's me these days. <laughs> I, I can tell, I can tell. And it, it feels, it feels so tender. And I just, mm so appreciate what you've shared with us today because I personally relate to so much of it and it's also incredible to see you know like when you were like ah oh, advice like what advice can I give and really it's the embodiment of you Ella that speaks the loudest and you really in this conversation have um, shared so much of what Leah and I try to teach and guide other women to experiencing for themselves like the trust piece the um really is like at the heart of it because when we can trust ourselves we can when we can trust our own guidance that is when we start to get to the place in life that we're most desiring when we're trying to live for other people when we're not trusting that you know that internal intuition that's what leads us into places where we're super unhappy and frustrated and yeah. drained. And it's so hard to live this way. It's so hard to live a way that's truly feminine and embodied and, and deeply following our intuition because it can come up against these like, you know, people who are going to doubt us or our own self doubting us, right? Our own ego, right? I love how you relate to your ego as like this crazy bitch. <laughs> And like, you know, it's name is Eleanor. <laughs> Sorry, sweetie. I'm just on the phone. I'll be out soon. 
Yeah, like personifying her in that way makes her human. It makes her relatable, right? Like we can hold that relationship with her without shaming her. Yeah, um, but also put her in like how we say, put her in the in the back seat or the passenger seat. She's no yeah, longer driving. Not driving. Not driving. Right. <laughs> Dangerous. So, <laughs> anyways, I just want to want to say that I'm I'm really grateful for the the way that you were showing up in the world now, and it's again, it's just so funny how we like. I can see in in the story that you've shared, like all the all the chapters in your life leading up to this point of you just trying to, so hard to get to where you are now, and where you are now is just so full of ease and uh, and allowing, right? Just like the whole time you've been there inside of you, like that artist has been there inside of you, you know. Even in that that um, the art that you shared in your school was so telling, right? Like that was like the first like, you know, taste that the world got of like this Ella that's been inside of you all along. And so it's just so, you know, it's such a reminder, a beautiful reminder that, um, you know, this stuff that we talk about all the time, like trusting and, um, you know, living in relationship with our body, right? Is like, this is why, because it leads us to this life that is truly authentic and truly fulfilling. And, you know, I think um, it looks different for everybody. Like, I, you know, for you, it's the living in, in this expression and sharing your expression literally comes through as art. And there's, you know, for women who are listening to this, you don't have to be an artist to live in this way that Ella is speaking to, right? But it is what life is calling from you. It's like, life just wants more of you it wants that expression to come through and that'll look different for each of us right like you know I think for Leah and I it's the way in which we live and the way that we help women is is our art and our expression and for other women listening it could be anything right like but it's it's what feels most alivening and natural for you and it's what has been there from the very beginning right so I just want to thank you Ella for for being here and sharing sharing so beautifully and vulnerably and authentically with us. And um, before we go is, yeah, is there any details, info that you would love to live, leave with our listeners as far as how they can reach you, find your art, uh, read more about what you're up to? Yeah, I'm doing a super fun free print situation at the moment. I really want to um, my goal is to get my art into the hands of as many women as possible and bring them into my world so that we can connect and honestly just make magic together like you were like where is it going I don't know but if anyone's resonating with this art like we should chat <laughs> because we've got a lot in common so I have yeah you can I have a collection at the moment um, there's five six if you click all the buttons um uh, pieces in it and they're a journey through the feminine archetypes that have really resonated with me on this journey um, and you can choose one to take home just need to pay for postage and packing um, and there's all sorts of options if you like more than one or you want a bigger size you can do all of that as well so Ella's Art Prints kept it nice and simple.com um, and I'm sure you guys will put a link to things in there and I have um, an Instagram page as well which is um underscore Ella the artist which is a persona I've created for myself I think I did it out of some sort of like preservation when I first started this I was like we'll call her Ella the artist <laughs> it's just that it's just one of my many dimensions um so yeah ellatheartist.com is my um site as well but yeah thank you ladies I've had a lot of fun 
with you today. Today is a very tender day for me. It's my the anniversary of my father's passing four years ago. And um, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel coming on this um, podcast with you guys, but uh, I've really just enjoyed talking about the thing that he fostered in me, which was my expression. So I really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you and your listeners on this. It's been a really beautiful experience for me too. Mm, thanks for sharing that. I saw you post that right before we hopped on. And so I was yeah. just feeling into that. I'm glad you spoke mm-hmm. to that. And I feel very honored that we got to speak on this on this special day, this Tinder day. And for those listening, especially if you're in Sisters at Stray Collective or you've been on retreat with us, you need to look at this collection that she's done of the feminine archetypes. We've gone through the feminine archetypes in the collective last year. We did a whole journey embodying each of the archetypes. So you need to look at this collection. It's just, I mean, it's it's an expression of what we've embodied. Um, And even if you're not in the collective and haven't been on retreat, go look at it. It's really, really beautiful. Amanda and I both have a piece coming in the mail. Amanda already got hers, but mine's on the way. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ella. Such a pleasure, such a treat. Thanks for joining us. And those listening, all the links that she mentioned will be in the show notes.